This episode is brought to you by Kensington Books and Christmas Kisses with My Cowboy by Diana Palmer, Marina Adair, and Kate Pierce. This Christmas, the best kind of trouble comes in threes. Three best-selling authors, three stories of holiday romance, and three cowboys who are ready for love, whether they know it yet or not. I don't know about you, but nothing sounds more comforting to me right now than snuggling up with some cowboys, hot chocolate, and Christmas stories. Christmas Kisses with My Cowboy can be found wherever books are sold or at kensingtonbooks.com. It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast. Hello, you're listening to the Mermaid Podcast, and I'm your host, Laura Von Holt, the Fairy Boss Mother. Hi, Mer friends! Before we dive into the episode today, I have some good personal news. I am writing a new romantic comedy for Audible under my pen name, Laura Lovely. Yay! This is very good news for me and for you. Um, Even better, I am writing it with my good friend Erin Clark, who has an amazing memoir about the time she went from performing circus shows with me in New York to learning to paraglide in Spain while falling in love. It's a phenomenal memoir called If You Really Love Me, Throw Me Off the Mountain. Um, Great title, I know, because I helped her think of it because we're friends. So for Audible, Erin and I are co-writing a book called The Breakup Artist, which is a hashtag own voices reverse Cyrano rom-com featuring a wheelchair-using heroine who helps people break up with their significant others only to fall for one of the people she's helped to dump. Yes, good hook, right? It's hilarious. It's poignant. I can't wait for you to read it. And the audiobook will be coming out mid-2021. And don't worry, I will make sure that you hear more about it. On that note, thank you so much to everyone for their great response on our last episode, The Mermaid and the Crystal Ball. It was one of the first short stories inspired by artwork from the Mermaid Challenge, and I will be doing more of those stories in the coming months. But while I'm busy working on those stories and the breakup artists, I thought I would share with you a replay of a fun episode I did with Becky Feldman um, on the Too Stupid to Live podcast, which is one of the sister podcasts to the Mermaid podcast on the Frolic Podcast Network. The Too Stupid to Live podcast reviews romance novels that are under $5, and in this episode, Becky and I talk a lot about mermaids, romance novels, and we review a book called Something to Howl About by Christine Warren. I had a blast, and I think that you will have fun too. Before I get into the interview, I want to introduce you to more friends of mine from the Frolic Podcast Network. Please meet a great podcast by some great gentlemen, Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeff. And I'm Will from the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. We're proud to be part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Our show is for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. New episodes are available every Monday. You can find us at BigGayFictionPodcast.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We hope you'll join us soon. Until then, keep turning those pages and keep reading. Um, well, Laura, welcome to Too Stupid to Live. <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> wait, and I already have a story to tell. Oh my God, I great. was, uh, 
So in this land of Pandemica that we live in, mm-hmm. um, you might be familiar with it. Um, oh, I yeah. am comfort watching a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, well, I was hung over because I saw a friend for the first time in months and like couldn't control myself. Uh-huh, and sure. um, so I was hung over the next day. And uh, I, my comfort movie for being hungover is Twilight, which is also sure. a shifter story, as is the book we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching um, New New Moon, mm-hmm. which I don't. I think the ones that I are usually like on TV that I rewatch are the later two movies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen that one in a while, mm-hmm. and that whole movie is Bella just being too stupid to live. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, just like jumping off cliffs and like going off of motorcycles and like. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I forgot that. Like, hmm, is hmm. is that the one where she like cuts herself to stop the war between the vampires and the. No, oh, that's wait. where she, that's where, um, uh, it's the, it's like Edward has this, oh yeah, she does kind of cut herself by accident in her birthday party that the vampires throw her. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, got and it. And then, and then Edward's like, oh no, I'm, my love is too dangerous. I'm going to remove myself. Oh, he goes to like Italy or something. Yeah, he leaves. Yeah. And so then she's very depressed and then that's she's right. like. He only shows up in, like, a ghost-like form when she's in danger. Mm-hmm. And so then she starts courting danger yeah. to be able to see him. Yeah. She's legit. Yeah. That's too he, stupid to live. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. 100%. Um, yes. I mean, I really don't recommend it as, like, a form of, like, um, intimacy building is to leave the person you love, but then yeah. only come back <laughs> in, like, corporeal form. <laughs> I just don't recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. It's but, not, it's not the greatest way to have a love. <laughs> no, but I mean, I still love the movie and like couldn't get over it. And even like when I rewatched the first one where like, oh my God, my favorite moment, which I had forgotten about was when she walks into the classroom and the, the fan picks up her scent mm-hmm. and sends it to him. And he looks like he's both popping a boner and going to throw up at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, I like paused it and rewatched it three times. Because I was like, I forgot how great and insane this whole premise is. I so good. need to rewatch the movie because it's like on, it just got on available. It just got available somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, I think I might do that tonight. I might have like a glass of wine and, and rewatch it. Cause I just like need candy. I need brain candy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just yeah. like all I can like handle right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I reckon I recommend. I forgot to introduce myself. Oh, yay! Okay, okay sure. Okay. Well, I um I first met you um on we had the Frolic Podcast Network had a Zoom um cocktail hour and you were talking about Jessica Simpson's um <laughs> memoir and I was like I want to be friends with her so bad. <laughs> also, a recommendation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the Jessica Simpson memoir, by the way, oh, I listened is to it. Great. Oh, you it's did. So okay, good. great. Yeah. yeah, you have to listen to the audiobook. I felt like I should have given a, a like content warning in that there is some assault in the first like few chapters when she's a kid, so mm-hmm. people can fast forward. You don't really need that part. What you really just want to get to is like the Mickey Mouse Club auditions, yeah. and then the Nick Lachey years, and mm-hmm. then the John Mayer. John years. Mayer sucks. <gasps> that guy sucks. Just, I mean, he's just the worst. And you knew he was the worst from like some reports but mm-hmm. after her book you're like I just don't think this guy should be allowed to socialize or talk to women or anything like he's a sociopath yeah he's a full-on gaslighter yeah yeah oh yeah. he's the worst I, yeah he's everyone he's canceled he's the worst yeah he needs don't. to get I hope he's yeah. canceled I don't even pay attention to yeah. him. it did make me feel better um I live in New York and mm-hmm. one time 
I was in a club with John Mayer. Oh my god! And like I didn't, I didn't know that it was like a bar club, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know that he was there. But it's a very fancy bar, so I should have guessed. And I like my friends were sitting right near the door, and I went to go like order a drink or something. And when I turned around, I realized he was passing me and heading out the door. And my friends see him, see me, and I, I stood behind him and I started like making like rodeo motions, like <laughs> as he's like walking out the door behind him. And my friends start laughing. So he turns around, looks at me, then I freeze like. Hey, nothing's uh-huh. happening. And then he turned around and then I start like doing it again. And I was like, oh, that was kind of like a dick move. I made like fun of him behind his back. But now I know that oh. I was actually. He no, deserved he it. Deserved he fucking it. deserved it. He deserved it. Yeah. All of my gentle mocking. I should have gone harder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad he got something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I felt like yeah. this, your story made me feel like, okay, good. Someone showed yeah. in this place. Yeah. Nobody took, I did not take him seriously in that fancy, fancy bar where he was being taken very seriously oh my God. with like multiple bouncers, mm-hmm. like his own security guards, like escorting him out. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. He's yeah. just, oh yeah. God. Um, okay. So now I want to... <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. Hey, let's, let's do it. This is going great. <laughs> um, no, Laura, um, so you are the host of the Mermaid podcast. The Mermaid podcast. Um, can you tell us more about it? But I also want to know like more about like your love of mermaids, the world of mermaids, merfolk, all of it. I just need to know all okay. of it. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. So where should I start? Okay. So the mermaid podcast is, as you may have guessed, a podcast about mermaids. So mm-hmm. I, it's a straight up SEO decision on the title there. There's no like <laughs> fake out with the topic. Like it is about uh-huh. mermaids and I named it the mermaid podcast. Perfect. perfect. So, good, good marketing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so the mermaid podcast is a podcast where I talk about mermaids, but mostly I talk about mermaid history or mermaid folklore. Mm -hmm. What I consider the nonfiction parts of mermaid. Sure, 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 sure. Like like the real life stories. And then um, a tangent to that, there is a cultural phenomenon um, globally really um, where mermaiding is a sport Mm -hmm. or a hobby. So it's the act of like swimming around with a fake costume tail, sometimes very high end, sometimes not. Um, And people do like serious free diving or performance competitions mm-hmm. um, or ex- exhibitions, or they'll be like at a circus or a Renaissance fair and perform as mermaids. So I interview people who, who they're real mermaids. I right. mean, I'm not going to say they're not, but they perform also uh-huh. as mermaid characters. That's so um, do you do that too? I've done it a little bit. I very quickly realized that was not the life path for me. Uh (laughs) Um, It is. uh, I always tell people, like, when you get a mermaid tail, you should be very careful and have, like, a safety guard with you because you put on the tail and then you – it, like, kind of transforms you mentally and you think that you are now going to have, like, the gills and the swimming capacity of a mermaid. Uh But you, in fact, retain all of your normal mortal coil. (laughs) So, like, you still have to be able to, like, swim and breathe. And, like, if you're not that good at swimming or breathing, you're not going to be better with tail on. Mm -hmm, Um, So, yeah. So, I have gone to mermaid camp. And that is, like, the beginning of the podcast and one of the first episodes is when I went to mermaid camp. And I learned mermaid tricks from, like, professional lifelong mermaids. And I was like, this is this is so great and I feel so beautiful and this is the most magical thing that I've ever done in no way can I do this on the regular (laughs) (laughs) I will be much happier if this is like a hobby and an occasional thing and not like 
Um, I mean, also like I, I moved to New York and I've, I've been a performer in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. I have not been like a, I've done a circus performing, but not like, uh, not as much regular gig performing as a professional mermaid does with like birthday parties and corporate events and uh-huh. swimming in tanks and swimming in like aquariums. And I was like, I think like really quickly for me, the, the sheen would wear off once you're like wringing out your tail and your wig and like re-sewing their bra and like uh-huh. the things with the crowd but very quickly, the magic yeah. <laughs> would be gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm much more interested. I've always been interested in fairy tales and folklore and, um, and romance. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I'd much rather stick to the folklore and the, and talking about like mermaid books and talking about mermaid stories and legends. Mm-hmm. And then also I now kind of have like a, like a sociopolitical kind of, or like anthropological interest in mermaids. And mm-hmm. I have like a lot of deep theories about like why they are still so interesting and like how that has changed over, over the eons. Um, yeah. So that's what I cover in the podcast. That's is, so like, cool. Back. So yeah. um, what, cause like, I feel like most of our, when we first hear mermaid, we think like the little mermaid, but um, yeah. there's all these other different like mythologies of mermaids. And like, what is one that you feel like people should know about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just so interesting to you that maybe in general, we don't know. Um. I think, well, so I think most people are obviously the most familiar with The Little Mermaid, and that's the predominant mythology because of the Disney movie. Right, Uh, yeah. But what I think people should know is that every culture throughout the world has some sort of mermaid or water spirit mythology. So mm-hmm. it's it's in everything. Um, the Hans Christian Andersen Little Mermaid is what I think people first go to, and that is the tragic yeah. story. Uh-huh. Um, it's the the Disney movie made it happier, but the original tale is like very dark. Um, I did a podcast episode about like the secrets behind The Little Mermaid. Um, There's a lot of actual like queer history and like art history behind it that's not in the Disney movie. Uh Um, But uh, so I think the Disney movie makes people think of like mermaids as like very free and very beautiful. And most other mermaid stories are really kind of tragic um, in that like the legend, they'll be like drowning sailors or they will be like women who lost in love and drown themselves and then come back and drown men as like yeah. forms of revenge sure. and I'm kind of into like murderous women so sure. I like that uh, me yeah. too yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so like like killing eve meets mermaids is is like right up my alley great um and and then I think you know, so yeah, so the Hans Christian Andersen tale is a big influence and the Disney movie is a big influence. Um, but there's actually a lot of mermaid water spirits in Africa that that have, and those legends have made their way around the world and are kind of actually in a, a more subtle way, like a bigger influence on more cultures, but like the pop culture influence all ties back to the Little Mermaid. Right, yeah. um, So there's an African water spirit called Mami Wata who is... Um, an embodiment of the ocean Mm -hmm. and versions of her have made their way to South America and then have kind of been transformed to other legends there. So like there's, there's, there are mermaids who are a bigger deal than the little mermaid. Right. Um, Yeah. But but in the U S at least the the little mermaid is every, is everyone's entrance into mermaid. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and so you were talking about like you, you're interested in more like, anthropological studies of mermaids like can you talk about that a little more of like what that means well, and yeah. yeah so one of my favorite interviews that I did is with um, his, a historian named um Sarah Peverly and like she has 
if I had thought of this sooner and also gone to grad school, this is what I probably would have turned into as a mermaid historian. I was like, oh, no one told me that that was like the path. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't know. Um, but she's predominantly a medieval scholar and, and she's in the UK. So, and there's a ton of mermaid lore in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so she studies a lot of that. Um, and she and I had a great conversation in one of our interviews and it was great because it kind of confirmed for me a lot of things that I noticed. Um, but essentially she was saying the same thing that like mermaids have been in every culture in every place around the world and that mermaids have always been fascinating to humans. Um, and we talked about how in the medieval times people thought of the ocean and the way that we modern people think of space. Uh So it was like an unknown realm to explore. And like, you know, like the map at some point ended, maybe the the earth was flat and then Mm -hmm. it just dripped off. And at the end of the map, you just drew like a monster and was like, rawr, (laughs) don't go there that far. Uh (laughs) We don't know. It's the end of the known world. Uh Um, And one of the medieval ideas about the ocean is that, um, it reminds me of like what spiritual people will be like as above, so below, but mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like they were like, Oh, if there are humans on lands and there must be people under the sea mm-hmm. and they um, spend all day, like the artwork is like them cooking and cleaning with, in their pots and like taking care of their mermaid house. And like uh-huh. they have a sea cow and a seahorse because mm-hmm. we have cows and horses and they have like a garden of seaweed. And we like, so it was like the same thing, mm-hmm. um, but just under the sea. Yeah. Um, and so, and that, I, that I thought like explained a lot of like, just like when you see like the very like simplistic artwork of mermaids, mm-hmm. um, in other centuries, it looks a little like kind of charming. They're just like people, but under the sea or the imagination goes the other way and they're like terrible monsters, you know, yeah. like in Greek history that are going to like curse you and drown you and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the same idea still stands in that. Um, to me, the ocean is a mirror and it is a way to um, think about and reflect on like who we are and our place in the world. Mm-hmm. And to, uh, my working theory, <laughs> this <laughs> were my uh, master's degree in uh-huh. mermaids. My working theory is that in the way that people very literally thought of mermaids as like, just like us, but underneath the ocean, mm-hmm. we now think of mermaids. Um, we have a relationship to them that's like very figurative. That I think, um, in like the modern way, where like communities are different, um, systems are falling. You know, religion is not as as important as it once was. Humans are looking for a place in the world, mm-hmm. and like, and the ocean is a metaphor for the subconscious. Okay, so. So mermaids are a way for us to think about our place in like the universal hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I think, and I always tell people like whatever you're drawn to in mermaids is something that you're probably searching for information as far as like self-awareness. So like, I think we think about them because like, you know, the oceans are changing and there's an environment, there's environmental questions about our future. So like mermaids are like ambassadors for the ocean and you can think of like, how like how to how are the mermaids affected by the changing waters? How mm-hmm. am I affected by the changing climate? Right. Um, yeah. I th- I think it's no coincidence that like in a time when we have like the greatest technology that we've ever had with like these little magical computers in our hands, the mermaid tail technology is just very simple costuming, mm-hmm. and yet it's like exploded in popularity. Yeah. Um, and I so I think that I think there's like a quest for like a sense of our natural or wild self, mm-hmm. and people like want to put on a tail and feel like part of nature and feel wild and feel free and feel 
like unconstrained by the addiction of their phone and feel a connection to like the imagination and the wildness of our subconscious. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I think, I think mermaids are, have always been a way for us to think about ourselves, but I think we think about the way we need to think about ourselves now has changed. Sure. Like we don't, we don't have the like, um, we don't have the hierarchy of like the sun is fixed and it, or the earth is fixed and the the sun revolves around us. Like Uh now we know that there are like planets and galaxies and that we are part of something bigger Mm -hmm. and, and mermaids are an easy way to think of like a mermaid in a big ocean is a way to think of like our tiny planet in a big cosmos. Interesting. That's so fascinating. That's my working theory. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Cause like when you were talking, I was like thinking about like, okay, well why did I love the little mermaid? And there was like something, it looked like when they were swimming, they were flying and there was a sense of like freedom and they were graceful and like, you know what I mean? And I feel like, oh, is that something that I want? Like, just like a sense of like freedom to be able to like float and look pretty and do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, 100%. I think like, like I said, the ocean is a metaphor for the subconscious and the mermaids are masters of the unknown. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, that's like, like, just being able to get just the feeling of like being underwater and swimming. Like as a little kid, I would just like, you know, put my feet together and pretend that was a yeah. tail, right? Uh-huh. Right. Like so many people have that experience. And just like that the brief moment of being like, no, 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 like I can survive this incredibly cruel climate and like mm-hmm. do whatever I want and yeah. have like magical powers and be like beautiful and sing. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the way that sparks um, a different sense of self is I think, I think important. And there's a lot to do right now, especially with like mermaids and identity. Um, the mermaid is an important figure for the trans community. Mermaids are an important figure because they are like, because their genitals are kind of uncertain because like their identity um, is unknown. Yeah. And a lot of people are able to like see themselves in merfolk in a way that they might not see a place for themselves in modern society. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating. Um, you also write romances yes. mermaid romances oh my god can you talk about that and how you got yes. into it I did read I read your splash one which I really liked which was oh, a, that was like a human romance but like yeah. you also write ones that like tape that are like about King Triton yeah sort of yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, right. So the mermaid podcast also started as just like my own mercenary marketing technique because mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay. So I knew I was going to start, I have a whole long history of romance that we could talk about too, but I mm-hmm. knew I was going to start writing romance novels. And because I come from showbiz, I was like, you got to get a gimmick. So I was like, yeah. well, I'll write mermaid romance and then Perfect. people will remember. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm, g- <laughs> I always go right to like, before I even write anything, I'm like, mm, how famous will this get me? And so <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, clearly like someone's going to need to interview me about writing mermaid romance and I was like well I'll just go on a podcast and yeah. then there were no mermaid podcasts so then I was like oh I'll just start the mermaid podcast mm-hmm. and then people I'll just interview people and then talk about myself at the same time Perfect. So that That's worked out I great do. that yeah. worked out great yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah so mermaid romance so I don't even know how I came up with this idea I think it's that I've read a lot of What it came out as was like kind of an amalgamation of everything I ever read, which I first started reading historical because um, 
those were just like left. We had a family beach place and people would just leave things on the bookshelf. And oh, so like yeah. there'd be historical romances and mm. I would be like, oh, what's this? And like hide under my beach towel and like, you know, <laughs> like you do sneak it out and be sure. like, oh yeah, this is really good. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, but they were also like, romance has always been like this magical thing where like, I never knew you could like go to a store and get more of them. Right. They just like kept appearing magically in my life. And I'd be like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how these come here, but they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of that same way, like in college, like I had a friend who read them and would kind of like give them to me. And then I, so I just didn't know that you could go. I don't know why it never occurred to me. Like I got other books, but I didn't know you could like get romance books. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I always read a lot of historical and then I started reading paranormal at some point. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of flipped my mind where I really like paranormal mm-hmm. and anything with like a supernatural element, but I also read a lot of historical and so I always wanted the paranormals to be old timey and not contemporary. Yeah, and a lot totally. of paranormals are like, are more urban fantasy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where they blended in. And then, so when I, I have the first, like, so I took a, so I, anyway, I was like, okay, I'm going to write romance now. And I sent it for a class and I was like, mm, I'm going to write, I think probably cause I was watching Twilight or something. I was like mm-hmm. vampire mermaids. Yeah. To like hundred yeah. oh, okay. percent. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so I started writing one for this class that I was taking. Also like the, thank God I took that class cause it really clued me into how hard romance authors work. Cause I was like, I took a lot of writing classes in college, but mm-hmm. also like was a playwright and you like work on your own time. And then you have like rehearsals and you write more there. Like it's very mm-hmm. collaborative. Yeah. This was like 10 to 15 pages every week. And I was like, Oh damn, they're like, this is not like a three page essay. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to write a whole book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I started, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to write mermaid romance. And I started writing a like vampire mermaid thing. And then I kind of realized that you had to plot books and think about them harder. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> There's a lot to learn on that level. And mm-hmm. so then I decided to start smaller and I was like, I'll just write a couple of novellas to kind of figure out like my style and what I'm mm-hmm. doing. So then I decided I would, I had this idea where I, again, this probably has to do with like, like I just told you my working theory of mermaids, uh-huh. but I was like, okay, here's what bothers me about the little mermaid. Sure. Okay. Perfect. Number one, mermaid stories are tragic and they have tragic endings. And usually mm. if a human and a mermaid fall in love, they can never be. Right. And that just makes me mad. Yeah. So I was like, I've got to figure out a way for like mermaids and humans to get together. Mm-hmm. Also, very important. My like favorite movie as a kid was Splash uh-huh. with Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks, oh, where she is a mermaid perfect. that yeah. comes to New York City. Mm-hmm. And it like it wasn't until I saw this movie a few years ago that I realized the whole reason I moved to New York was because of Splash. <laughs> and it was just like I imprinted like Jacob and Twilight, I imprinted yeah. on New York mm-hmm. and was like, if you go to New York, you can be a mermaid and fall in love. And I was like, love life it. plan yeah. solved. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> That's how I was like, guys are really funny how I make my life decisions here. Okay, so great, perfect. So, so, so I did remember that like Splash was a romance that had had a happy ending and they figured it out, right? Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and then I also get okay. So I have a bone to pick with Romeo and Juliet. Oh, we all do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So oh, don't worry. I'm I'm mad at Romeo and Juliet. Well, because they die, but yeah. also <laughs> I'm mad at Romeo and Juliet because I was like everyone's always like, oh, it's so sad, like, teenagers that, you know, die too young, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but nobody talks about how, like, 
the real issue here is that the two most powerful families of Verona were about to merge. And that was going to have like huge socioeconomic impact on like the Verona and like mm-hmm. Italian economy and Italian culture. Uh-huh. Like they're going to have like a mafia like dynasty. Yeah. And then they, well, the family messed it up for themselves because of their feud. Right. You know, yeah. and then the mm-hmm. poor kids were the victims of that. Right. But yeah. So I was almost like, okay, so The Little Mermaid is great. She marries the prince, Mm -hmm. and it's in, like, Europe-ish. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it's, like, late Mm 1800s-ish. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, if I think about that a little harder, and I did, uh, not too long after the 1800s is the early 1900s, and not too long after that is World War II. Mm -hmm. So what if, like, there is a half-mermaid dynasty in Europe during World War II? Huh? 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 Yeah. Watch out, Verona! <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. So I had this whole idea for, like, how mermaids on World War II would... And this is my idea. Nobody steal it. It's coming. I shouldn't even give it away, but I'm going to. Oh, my God. But So, so I had a whole idea for, like, World War II and mermaids. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I was like, okay, so back up. Like, if we really think about this, the Little Mermaid's marriage is like has huge global impact it's not Mm -hmm. just like yay a mermaid and a thing and the other thing about this is like a lot of mermaid stories are like um so okay so this is one of my favorite mermaid facts is that um there is like a whole line of french nobility Mm -hmm. who claim they are descended from a mermaid that married a scottish king okay and why this relates to france i can never quite remember but it's like Uh a french thing okay sure and so I'm always like in the old and olden timey stories, like, yeah, a mermaid married a king and now we're descended. And I'm like, no, but like, if we take that literally, like, do they, do you marry Queen Victoria's grandson? Like, where does this go? Yeah. You know, where does this go? Yeah. Yeah. So I decided that I would write something about not Ariel's dad. Cause like King Triton is a real Greek. Right. Demigod. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, or He's not god. Even demigod, that means half god. I, I call he's a god. I yeah. call him a demigod, but he's a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and I'm always like, you know, poor Triton. First of all, well, one of my friends was like, um, I've been watching Little Mermaid with my niece, and can you write me some like super hot silver daddy fanfic? And I was yeah. like, yeah, girl, I got you. Um, so King Triton is hot. He's hot. Yeah, yeah, big burly yeah. silver fox. Yes, is um, Yeah, yeah. You know, a widower, mm-hmm. like rough. Yeah, lots of teenage mermaid daughters. Not an easy. thing thing to do no. you know raising these girls and did um, you see ariel's beginning <laughs> i have seen well i have seen it but i we it wasn't we were drinking a lot so oh me too <laughs> i, 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 I yeah. was pretty stoned when i watched it but yeah. he but poor guy has like trauma you know yeah. he's yeah. dealing with trauma yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. um so i so i was like i'll start off with King Triton, and I'll write him something where he meets a human lady. Mm-hmm. And um, so the f- King of the Sea is the first thing that I put out, and it's a novella, and it is King Triton on his way to, like, avenge his daughter and be like, no way will you marry a human on my watch. Humans are wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There also is a penniless orphan who is in the opera De Monte Carlo, which uh-huh. is a real opera house, and cool. uh, she's not allowed to dance because, like, the ballet mistress is a jerk and mm-hmm. so she's like on the beach dancing her feelings and of course he spots her uh-huh. and it's like it's insta love so like yeah. faded mates basically um but she is a career woman so they have so like spoiler alert like they have she has to stay in the human world for part of the time because she's a dancer and she's right. really famous mm-hmm. in this opera house so um so 
but they are kind of like the starting point for like mm-hmm. all of these love affairs. So like, so yeah. in meeting this human woman and like realizing that humans are not all trash, um, he's like, I need to reconsider that like my daughter's happiness is what's most important, not like yeah. my like preconceived notions of what mm-hmm. humans are and that yeah. like humans have a heart and like, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. Um, so Triton uh, like learns from it's just one very sexy night that changes his mind as, mm-hmm. as, as they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's so the um, world changes happen. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. so the second book, Princess of the Sea, is the is a novella very heavily inspired by the wedding of Meghan Markle. <laughs> oh my God. I was just about to like comment on that about like, yeah, like like it, it there is something very little mermaidy about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, no, no, I like she's like the two like a foreign land and like mm-hmm. very different cultures and like um, yeah, so this Princess of the Sea is the story of their wedding and like, you know, also because again, like I said, like I'm, I, I'm really mad at Romeo and Juliet for not, not giving me the like, the dynasty movie I wanted right. about like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, okay. So like I always thought, I mean, people have controversial op- opinions now that, that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have left, but I always thought it was like really interesting that she was so in- involved in like the Commonwealth and like, um, you know, like entrepreneurship for young women mm-hmm. and like feminism. And like, she had like a- all these ideas of things to contribute yeah. to like their, their very serious job of being working royals. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, so like you know and maybe back in the you know 1300s you could kind of hide a mermaid bride but like you can't really so they have to right. like kind of lie to uh-huh. people they're like she's sort of an island kingdom right there you know and i have lots of like jokes in it about like don't tell these people because they'll <laughs> they think they know every island but you can tell these people the story like yeah. um and you know like what's she going to contribute to like you know triton is going to make sure they have lots of fish mm-hmm. like What's she going to contribute to the local economy? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, like, how can they form, like, a very strong dynasty that yeah. can last through, like, you know, 100 years or so? Sure. Well, what's going to happen? Yeah. In a, I hope it lasts more than 100 years. I, I mean, me too, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want but I mean, forever. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, I was, like, you know, European families, like, they – like it gets in the 1914, it gets really intense of like how people are related in Europe and yeah. how that relates to like wars. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah. So, I mean, who knows where, I mean, I know, kind of know where the series will go eventually, but um, I have all sorts of ideas for how like the Little Mermaid's progeny end up being very important to global events. That's so awesome. I'm yeah. so excited because I purchased the I purchased the first one. Um the uh oh gosh, what's the title? Words King Triton and King of the Sea. King of the Sea. Yeah. Um I started it, I didn't finish it. I yeah. will finish it, I promise. Um because yeah. I bought it today. Um but um it's so good so far, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. it. And um yeah. And yeah, and so that couple, like, you know, these, their novella is pretty short, but like, you're going to see them in other books and stuff too. Like, mm-hmm. that's the fun of, of it. I also love like, okay, so my favorite thing is when there's like a May, December thing and it's uh-huh. like, no problem in a contemporary where it's like, oh, okay, there's a few years, but when it's like a God and like, a, he's like thousands of years old and like, and, and at the wedding of his daughter, like more kids pop up and she's like, how many kids do you have? And I was like, you don't really talk about that. You don't know. That was <laughs> so great though, because it was like, there was something like, yeah, gods came down as like gooses and shit. And like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like they like have yeah. random kids all the time. Yeah. in his youth, like, yeah. who knows? So like, like I thought knows? it was genius because like you mentioned yeah. like his like half son or he has a son that's not part yeah. of the daughter. 
well, obviously, but right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> he's got like all these kids. And I was like, I'll just keep putting up more characters and I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's also my kid. Oh, it's <laughs> like, ge- it's you know? so genius. Yeah. It's genius. <laughs> it's my little inside joke with Greek mythology. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. How many, how many kids <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the Sea of Love series mm-hmm. and the first two. And those, and those first two, I think it was kind of like prequels to what I will write later, which nice. like will take place in subsequent decades, but those cool. are the pre- the, like a prequel duology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because I like, I like rom-coms and I like fairy tales and other books, mm-hmm. I had an idea to kind of play around with like modern fairy tales. Uh-huh. So, um, so Splash Me is, well, it was actually, I wrote it because I submitted it to an anthology and then I got rejected. So oh. I just published it. I know, whatever, they're lost. I thought um, it was really cute by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it is inspired by Splash, which I just told you guys was formative for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is Kevin and April are a couple who live in New York city and April has a very specific fantasy regarding Splash Mm -hmm. and Kevin is just the guy for the job. Yeah. (laughs) Just the guy. Just the guy. Cause like, Um, it was also this like beautiful love story. Like it was like, oh, by what they did is like, this is love. Like that's how it ended for me. I'm like, this is true love. She found it. Yeah, no, exactly. I was like, if you can tell something like the weirdest idea you ever had and they're Mm -hmm. like, I'm down, then it's like, you cannot buy love like that. No. No. Yeah. And just how committed he, he was so committed. More committed. Like, Like, yeah, as I was writing, I was like, he's more committed than I am. And I thought of this idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I would break character all the time and be like, I feel stupid. (laughs) That's one of my favorite things is like, he starts to role play and she's like, oh, we don't have to like, and he's like, no, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Oh, he's like, yeah. he, he like memorized the lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so then I thought, so that is like, like that one has a mermaid tale in a mermaid mm-hmm. story, but it's not, it's not a mermaid, like a paranormal mermaid. Right. Um, yeah. And then the next one in that series is a different friend of April's who um, I, it's a running joke between all my friends. I have like a big thing for redheads. So like mm. I imprinted somehow. Yes, you have read. I don't notice. I was like, oh, those are my, you're my, you're my good luck symbol. It's always good luck for me when I oh see a ginger. Oh, yeah. I got it. I, this is a lot of pressure and I hope something <laughs> no, no, really no, 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 it's fine. Just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I also, it's just a running joke with my friends. And so then I was like, well, I'll put a redhead in like pretty much everything. Mm-hmm, sure. And so um pumpkin pounder is i mean i've said the title so much that it like it doesn't even phase me now but it's a funny title because somebody sent me a video of a guy's comedy act mm-hmm. um i need to write him and tell him actually that he really helped me out Aww. um but he was doing a comedy about he's a redhead and in high school like nobody wanted to hook up with him and then mm-hmm. he found out that like pumpkin pounder is a title for women who only sleep with redheads and yeah and that made me think of like a sex in the city like samantha kind of character mm-hmm. um and so um this one is about uh daisy and she's like a self-titled pumpkin pounder and like a lady on the town um and it and it's set on a, a Halloween party on a bar on a boat which is based off of a real bar that a friend of mine used to work at and we had some parties there like uh-huh. There was no, like, now it would be, like, illegal. Like, we were not up to code. There was no lights. Like, I can't uh-huh. believe we all didn't die. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. I was talking to him recently. He was like, yeah, did you know that, like, when I would close up bartending at 2 a.m., we would just, like, throw a kayak into the Hudson River and, like, roll around drunk? And I was like, you lived? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, the Hudson River was not that clean 15 years ago. Oh, my you God. Know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
And so anyway, so Daisy meets this like very handsome Irishman at this party and mm-hmm. it is their, their kind of like insta-love um, story. So it's a Cinderella retelling, like a reverse Cinderella. Yeah. Um, it's got a hall, like a Nightmare Before Christmas bent to it. Cool. Um, it's got a lot of nods to Sex in the City and mm-hmm. the Golden Girls and like any any other like woman on TV who's sexually adventurous. Yeah. Like Blanche, um, Blanche Devereaux, mm-hmm. Samantha Jones, Broads, the Broad City Girls. Like, yeah. Nice. That's so yeah. fun. So, yeah. Cool. So, and then I secretly have some other like mermaid fantasy stuff that I'm working on, but it's not, it's not for public consumption yet. So. Okay. But it will yeah. be? Maybe? It will be. Yay! Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. like I found like when I was like reading, I was like, oh, I have a new genre now. I have a new. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. Yeah. I love it. Um, but do you want to pivot to the book we're reviewing? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I was very excited that we did like a shifter story because like Same. Yeah. mermen are shifters, but there's like there's a whole sub sub genre of mm-hmm. like shifter books that yeah. people are like into totally yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. um okay so I will here let me give a quick synopsis but so we read the novella something to howl howl about by Christine (laughs) Warren it is currently one dollar and 99 cents um I know such a good deal um okay so here we go um Alpha Washington aka Alphaville is a place where outcast shifters live Dr. Annie Cryer is one of them but she doesn't plan on staying there long once she figures out the fertility issues plaguing the brown bear shifters, she plans on returning to her clan. However, her heart gets pulled in a different direction when she runs into the one who could become her mate, Jonas Browning. The only catch, Jonas doesn't mate. <gasps> kind of. Drama. <laughs> kind Drama. Of. Yeah, well, it's, we learn. It's a romance. We'll figure it out. Well, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Like, the mating happens. Don't worry, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, don't worry. Just don't wanted worry. to raise the stakes in the synopsis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the title first? Because I think it yes. is so. I love song title paranormals. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I was like, let's get this something to howl about. And the yeah, next one is like, like, baby, I'm howling for you. And I'm like, this yes, is great. Yes, this is great. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, I definitely appreciate that too. I was like, thank you, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like how any book with a wolf has to have a wolf on the cover. Like, oh yeah, that's the law. Oh great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent, yeah. Because yeah. if it's yeah. like not, then you're like you like we about? judge books by its cover, you know. Well, yeah, like, in a yeah. way, you know, for romance, yeah. for sure. Well, one time I read a, a like a shifter book that didn't have a that had a wolf in it, but there was no wolf on the cover. And I remember being like, "There's a wolf in this book?" Like, yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't totally. one on the cover. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, it's this yeah. again marketing. You know, like yeah. it, the cover yeah. is like just as important. Yeah, exactly. Um, this also had me. I mean, one thing that I like about shifter books is that the faded mate trope is one of my one of my favorites. So the idea that yeah. like 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 intense forever bond is like it's so insane to me. And like it's just like, but there's also like something that's so appealing about like this level of convenience of like not having to like slog through. Hundred percent. I think that's why I like it. It's like, and also that like, even if your human parts are kind of like, I'm not sure I have reservations. You can like, eventually, you can like completely rely on this instinct to like Mm -hmm. point you in the right direction. So like, even if you're second guessing, like, I don't know, this wasn't really my plan this week. Like, your instinct is like, tough luck, lady. Like, this is your guy. Yeah, and Uh, it's like one less thing to worry about. And what I thought was interesting in this book is that like, more so than in other books, but like. the characters really talk about their inner wolves or their inner bear as if like 
they're two separate people. Like it was, it was more so for me than other ones of like, she's closing her eyes and she's like hearing, she's picturing this wolf howling. And it was like mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Same thing. Cause sometimes pe- the people will just have characteristics of their animal version. And then sometimes they'll also transform yeah. into the animal version. Mm-hmm. And actually it wasn't quite clear in this world how often people actually became bears or wolves. And I haven't read other ones in this series. So I don't know when, and this was a, this was a novella. So it was mm-hmm. also like, the Super short. Spot was tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but right. Yeah. She kept being like, oh, my wolf. Like, she's kind of like, so the, Annie Cryer mm-hmm. is a doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, but I also really got me is that, like, part of the description said that there was, like, a fertility issue yeah. in this clan of bears. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's also one of my favorite tropes because you're like, as soon as you know there's a fertility issue, just means somebody new has got to come in and bounce it and wow, wow, I'll mm-hmm. clear up your fertility issue. Quick. Yeah, like, and yeah. like then yeah. that's what happens, and it's like, yeah. and it was such an easy answer. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, for better word, <laughs> yeah. which is good. Um, but yeah, the fertility thing I thought was like really fascinating, and the fact that like this woman has like every single doctor degree. Do you know what yes. I mean? And I yes, love, she had like seven degrees. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like I've been really into like doc like like I'm really into Rachel Grant right now. Like she's this suspense writer and like all of her female characters are like Indiana Jones and I'm like, they're doctors and they have like, they know this and know that. And I'm like, this is fascinating. Yeah. I want yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, she's a genetic scientist too. Yeah. Which I was like, I love when we start getting into like the genetic science of shifter clans. Yes. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I feel yeah. like when authors get into like DNA, I'm like, this is fascinating of like, mm-hmm. Oh, like sometimes it's a curse, but sometimes it's just like, Hey, in your DNA and this is you. And like, yeah, you, you yeah. transition. And it's like, Oh, it's so just great. like normal. And also the fact that like, we've gone from, you know, I think, you know, like old, like back to like medieval things where like mermaids are kind of like monsters and werewolves are monsters. Mm-hmm. So the idea that like, there's just a part of your DNA that means like you turn into a wolf or a bear and like, yeah. NBD, like find your people. Exactly. <laughs> hang out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, okay. So what I, and another thing I found interesting is this, I want to read more of the books in this series. This is the first one I read and I probably should have read just because like this was like, a novella but like there is this town that's alphaville which i thought was such a fascinating thing yes yes um it's like where you know in most like most shifters have like clans they have their packs or whatever but you know there's the occasional outsider and it's like where do they go they go to alphaville and i'm like Mm -hmm. this is like what a fascinating town and like what a relatable thing you know what i mean yeah yeah, I also thought it's like a great device for whatever world building she's doing. It reminds me of um, Tessa Dare has um, Spinster's Cove or something. Yeah, so you know uh-huh. that like all the spinsters in there will eventually get married. Mm-hmm. And like, but just the idea of like this town yeah. where you put some misfits and then like literally anyone could show up there and anything could happen. So it's mm-hmm. like a very good structural device as a writer to be like, anytime I need something a little bit magical to happen, I'll just pull it out of Alphaville. Yeah. Like, great. And great. it really does yeah. like differentiate this series from others you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that's what yeah. I think is just like so fucking clever about yeah. this yeah um okay so let's talk about Jonas Browning well I mean what a man I mean it's a it's a short book but he is quick on the updraw he's like I mean I love that like they have the one meeting about like he's like hey my clan's having some issue I don't know if we can have Brajni mm-hmm. and I need your science and yeah. then and immediately like her wolf is like 
yikes, yeehaw. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like literally howling in her background. Yeah, like legit, like I pictured in her brain, you know, her subconscious, like a literal wolf is howling and she's no, hearing like, it. Yeah, it's like if you were, like, I was trying to have a conversation right now, but in the back of my mind, someone was going like, oh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like distracting. And, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, my wolf is hot for, and then so the wolves mate forever. They have yeah. like bonded pairs, like mm-hmm. the trope you're expecting. And then he's a bear and there's a big dis- distinction that I didn't, was not aware of the difference between brown bears and grizzlies yes. and black bears. Yeah. I didn't even know. And it's like a – me neither. And it's like yeah. a stark difference because like stark. it feels yeah. like brown bears kind of are more – seems like they're more rugged, you know. Yeah. Like they have a lot of emotions that they need to contain versus mm-hmm. like brown bears where – or black bears where it feels like they kind of have like – I don't know. Like I, I just felt like the brown bears in this book, I just pictured like people who live in like Appalachia a little bit. Yeah, exactly. A little bit like loner, a little bit like more secluded or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Versus and the so, black bears who live in like the city or something. I don't right, know. Right, right. So, because every <laughs> one that she talks, the wolf, Annie the wolf, everyone that she talks to is like, he's a brown, like a grizzly. She's like, no, there's a difference. Yeah. So I'm like, not even the other shifters know that there's a big difference, but mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. Um. So she's like, okay, like I can set up my lab. Oh, she said also there's a like secret from her past where she's mm-hmm. done something that we don't totally know the whole details about, but she's banished from her current plan. So right. she's kind of like, she's there to, she's there to like figure out this science thing, which will like be doing a favor to her alpha. Mm-hmm. And then she can come back in the clan after yeah. she does this favor. So that's what she's in it for. Yeah. And then she's like, sure, let me like, I'll set my lab here and figure out your problem for you. Mm-hmm. And then Joshua, then you switch to, like Joshua's POV and his bear is like, the yeah. both of them like I don't know how they're talking to each other because their their wolves and their bears are just like rawr, rawr, rawr. yeah it is like a legit like <laughs> yeah. like not what is it like a not a brawl but there is an ado happening between yeah. animals yes. right now like it's like yeah a bunch of dogs bark at each other at the dog right. park and it's like right guys this is chaos yeah it's chaos yeah mm-hmm. so of course like chapter three he's he's like they've just met he's like here's where your lab will be and then they're making out like oh just- hands down. Well, yeah, which you got to because it's a novella, so we got to like sure. And I'm get like on, on board, it. and it's like they're yeah. they're feral, they're animals, and it's also like their yeah. culture a little bit, like they're yeah. part animals, and animals just like do it. Yeah, they um, just do it. Yeah, like no shame, just do it. Yeah. No shame. He is yeah. very dominant. He is very Ooh. alpha. Yeah, I was like yeah. jaw droppingly alpha. Do you um watch a lot of TikTok? Um, I do, but I try to avoid it because um, I can, it can I can watch it all day. <laughs> you know, same here, same yeah. here. It's my favorite TV show. Um, yeah. So somehow I have, not complaining, I have stumbled onto like kind of like sub-dom TikTok. So Ooh. now my feed is just full of men that approach the camera and like try to tell me what to do and I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> of course, yeah. I think that's yeah. and, so hot. And I was like, and I was like, uh, these TikTok guys, they don't know nothing now that I've oh met Mr. Mr. Brown Bear or Dom yeah. there. Like, like, yeah. The, I think because of the 365 show on Netflix, like every mm-hmm. girl was talking about getting like choked and pushed up against the wall. Yeah. So like every guy on TikTok is trying to do that now. Right. To like yeah. help, help you out because they heard it's what you want. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, mm. I was like, they don't know nothing. Mr. No. Brown Bear, he's he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Because yeah, I feel like yeah. with like an alpha, with a dom, there is a language that they are reading and understanding mm-hmm. versus yeah. watching 365 
it is what it is. You know, watching this subpar acting movie and being like, oh, okay, so they want me to just grab them by the neck, like, you know, without even asking. Right, and the the animal parts of them, like, are very good at determining, like, scent and body language. So, like, there's a lot that's just kind of worked out there and because they are, Mm -hmm. they're multilingual in different types of body language, really. Absolutely. Like, it's like this feral, pheromonal, I don't think that's a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think that, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's pheromonal? Okay, yeah, you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's like a consent there. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So like, so it's going well. And then of course, because she's a wolf, she's like, oh, it says you're my mate. So. Yeah. And I loved that. She was just straightforward. She was like, you're my mate. And he was like, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, and she's like, I can't, we can't really help that part of it. Like, yeah. And uh, so then, of course, he has to like a dude thing where he's like, no, no, no. Brown bears don't mate like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. (laughs) And then she's like, fine. You're a jerk. And he says some other things too, which are just dumb. Yeah. Dumb oh, he's an asshole. Freak out things. Yeah. Yeah. But what I like about that too is like, it's like when someone says, I love you too soon and like somebody else freaks out. And in mm-hmm. this world, it's like, you said we were mated and like, that's totally who's freaking serious because you only do that once. You know? Yeah. So then he's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much, that's too much. Like, that's pretty jarring. Like you make out with someone yeah. once, but you have this intense yeah. animal connection and yeah. then they're like, we're mated. And it's like, yeah. It's a lot to take in, but it's also like, you're right. I just need to take three breaths and then I'll be yeah. like, yeah. Well, Dude, and it also made me laugh because I think of like um, Immortals After Dark or like mm-hmm. other Faded Mates uh, series yeah. where like immediately they're like, we're faded and like, or the guy will be like, you're my mate. Like, mm-hmm. and especially if she's human and doesn't know what that means. And he like throws her over his shoulder and is like, I'm going to bite you. Yeah. Mark you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just like, wait, why, why are we? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like a wedding ring is how we usually do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, dates first, get to know yeah. each other. He's like, he's family. like, no, I shoot off my leg to come get you. So you're mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the crazy so, things that they do for their right, so like, right. I mean, so, like, yeah. so in reverse, it's like, I'm like, no, he's kind of right. Like, you know, like, she's right. They're mated. There's nothing to do about it. But, he, like, he's also not wrong to be like, can I just take that under consideration yeah. for a second? <laughs> and, but, yeah. And, like, it's like, I yeah. get where he was coming from, but he was, like, a dick while doing it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so she's like, you know, whatever, fuck you whatever yeah she calls her friend and her friend like agrees with her she's like I know he's your mate but he's a flaming asshole yeah um and then he talks to his mom yeah and he has and that's my favorite is that his mom just kind of I think she actually slaps him oh yeah she's 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 like you're flaming asshole well she didn't say that but she was like you're an asshole yeah you're an asshole she's like that was that is your mate and he and he's like no we don't mate mom Mm -hmm. and she's like then she has a whole backstory about something that happened in the clan that was tragic. And so they were like, oh, we're going to try not to have – because the brown bears are so passionate. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like yeah. when, when they mated, they were so in love with yeah. their mates. Like they couldn't – like they felt too much. Like yeah. they didn't just mate. They mate, you know. They mate. Like, like, and like they can yeah. like destroy others in like mm-hmm. – so it, it like it got so out of hand that people got like – the brown bear got afraid of the mated pair. Yeah, which is, like, such a human thing because it's, like, you know, like, when you feel – like, when you feel so much, you get get into someone and you just, like, fall for them so hard and then, you know, something bad happens, they turn you down or whatever. Like, the relationship ends and then you guard yourself and you're, like, never again. I'm not going to feel ever again. And then, like – Yeah. Then there's a fertility issue in your clan. But, like, Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the mom is like, you're, and also I love that he, to me, almost felt like Sesame Street when like someone sits you down on the stoop and is like, let's look at what you've observed. Yeah. Do your father and I love each other? Are we like basically faded? Are we like, you know, mm-hmm. inconsolable about another? And he's like, oh yeah, I guess so. She's like, yeah, that's called mated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. we do do that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So he learns. So then he yeah. learns. Yeah. Um, and then he So then in the meantime, she's oh, yeah. like, she talks to her friend. Her friend's like, he's a jerk, but like, you know, like let me know how it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Because she knows. And then, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's mates, mates. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, like, it's so comforting to be like, a lot of stuff could go down, but like, mm-hmm. it's your mate. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's like such a fun conflict where it's like you know who you're gonna end up with, but it's the worst. And it's like yeah. such an interesting love journey to take. Of like, how are these yeah. two gonna get together? They have to be together, and are they gonna yeah. be miserable if they get together? And like, yeah, right. So one thing that I really appreciate about this too is so it's a novella, so it all happens pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. like she does a lot of research. She's like, mm, solve this problem for you. Um, he comes to apologize. Mm-hmm. And of course, their bear and wolf are like, it is a fucking zoo. Yeah. And zoo. and he's like, he actually does like throw her over his shoulder and he is like, just, we're going to bed. Yeah. He's like, you're yeah. my mate. And he, yeah, he legit yeah. throws yeah. her over the shoulder, takes her yeah. to his car, buckles yeah. her in, and yeah. drives her home. Yeah. And then my favorite part is that she's like, okay, but first you have to apologize. And he's like, I'm so sorry for everything I said. And she's like, no, specifically, because I remember every sentence. And he's like, yeah. I actually don't. So <laughs> 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 he, has, he has, she can make some like, it's a very human thing where he has to apologize mm-hmm. for each and every offense that yeah. he caused. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like, just because you're from my fate and Nate, you get like a blanket. I'm sorry. You have to be like, explain to me how you in every way were the flaming asshole I called you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has to be like, I'm like, I thought we couldn't make, but we do. Mm-hmm. She's like, why are we going to be doing it if you think that we don't, we aren't bonded? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So, so they, you know, they have a reconciliation and then, and then it's like, oh, yeah. let's go. It was like a sex scene <laughs> happened, a bear was growling yeah. and a wolf was howling. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was like, and it was just like, and like, I, like it was just so fun to read the sex scene because it was like, you, it was just like her wolf howled. And it's like, can you imagine having an orgasm and hearing a wolf howl? Like, it was like, great. Like, it was great. It was genius. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, that made yeah. me think that like, I didn't think, I mean, I'm, I feel fine about how I did it, but I was like, I never really thought about how like fish orgasm, I never did, or mm-hmm. like, I, I thought about dolphins orgasming when I was writing, right. but not too hard because I didn't mm-hmm. want to think too hard about it. Right. But, yeah. um, but I was like, oh yeah, I never thought about like the, there's like the sounds and then, mm-hmm. oh, and then there's like, there's always got to be like marking, right? Because yes. like, you got to yeah, bite yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. And I always like that because it reminds me of like vampires and like, other mm. werewolf stuff i'm like totally. yes the biting is key yeah i don't know how you can bond to somebody without <sighs> yeah like, just yeah i mean it's That's like key yeah i mean marking you know you don't and, like i don't want to be peed on i'd rather be bit yeah 100 you know I mean? 100 yeah. yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. especially like i don't know about this world but a lot of times when you're marked then like other people other shifters just know yeah yeah, like mm-hmm. either they can like see the bite even if it's not visible to the human eye or they're just like, oh, they just sense. she's been marked. Yeah, they sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's now like, there's know. like the something, I mean, again, and I think like it goes back to like, there's something so sexy of a guy being like, you're mine. And, mm-hmm. you know, and being like, I'm his and he, yeah. uh-huh. and he's choosing me. I'm yeah. letting him be your mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's exactly. so like, great. <laughs> also, like, you can't escape it, even if, like, oh, that's also my favorite. It's like, you can't be the dumbass guy you want to be because mm-hmm. there's no escaping this. So, like, you're eventually going to have to figure out your shit or you're going to make yourself more miserable than necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, like, it yeah. goes to show, like, you know, being mated still comes with like its complications. You know what I mean? Like it's like a marriage. Like they treat it very much like when you're mated, this is a marriage. You still have to work mm-hmm. together. You're going to have fights. Like it's going to be hard, but yeah. this is love, you know? And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's not just, I mean, it's ha- it's and happily ever after, but it's also like yeah. a realistic yeah. happily ever after. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. once you're, and now they're bonded and like, there. Oh, and then also I love that they're like post-coital, like this the proverbial cigarette, you know, mm-hmm. moment. And she's like, by the way, my science brain fixed your issues. And then goes into like a detailed analysis of like the genetic mm-hmm. science behind his clan. And then also he's like, seems to not have any idea of how brown bears actually mate. And she's like, don't you know your own? Well, anyway, so she's like, here's a biology lesson on your species. Mm-hmm. And she solves their problem. She solves their problem. And I think yeah. like their inability, like their inability to mate, like their, you know, their mm-hmm. cultural thing, like that yeah. was the cause. And that was, was the cause. Like, yeah. They weren't yeah. bonding with the right people. And mm-hmm. she's like, people, the shifters who are in stable situations mm-hmm. are like the pregnancies, it's easier when they're pregnant and they carry the pregnancies. Yeah. And like, you guys have been afraid of of mating. So you've been just kind of like having casual connections, which nothing mm-hmm. wrong with a casual connection. No, but if you're trying, yeah. if you're trying for some shifter genealogy mm-hmm. here, you guys yeah. are gonna need to like mate up. Yeah. yeah. And then also yeah. like what I appreciate is also she learns that like women can have babies later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, how old? She's like, thirties. They're like, great. Yeah, she's like, she's like shifters, like these brown bears, like they're most fertile, like later on. And like, she's like, your girls are just too young. Yeah. Like, and it's like, yeah, you, you need a seasoned woman. She needs to know herself and live her life. Yeah. Like, and then she can find her, her career. Mate. Yeah. yeah her career. Find yeah, her like, mate. Yeah. Sow her, oats, sow her oats, you know. Yeah. Like, and no then, need to like, freeze your eggs. Like, no. it's going to be fine. Yeah. 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 I so really a brown bear that. needs to be seasoned first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a way, like, that is, like, also a fantasy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, oh, my God. That's, like, what, uh, like, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for every woman. But, like, obviously, like, I, I think a lot of women want to hold off having kids. And the fact that there's yeah. a world where you can is, like, just as, in, in, like, cool as a sexy oh, man. Oh, right. No, it's, like, <laughs> like as much as the, like, sexy fantasy of, like, being claimed and marked mm-hmm. and all, like, a sexy fantasy of, like, oh, you're actually at your, like, sexual and fertile peak after you've already lived some part of your life for yourself. Yeah. Yes. is like very appealing. Yes. Yeah. And it makes yeah. like, oh, it's going to make all of the characters interesting in the mm-hmm. other books. Like, yeah. I mean, I my overall thoughts on this book is that I loved it and I give it an yeah. A+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> a+. Plus. I, yeah. Totally. 100%. I also really want to like commend Christine Warren on like, it's a very tight novella. It's only 11 chapters. And mm-hmm. she like had a full arc for everybody and a bunch yeah. of world building. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, and it was funny. It was really yeah, funny. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah. yeah. I just, like, love characters who are lively, who yell at each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who just, like, yeah. aren't afraid to speak their minds. Like, it was just yeah. – I love couples who argue. And, like – Yes. And it was just so delightful. It's delightful. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> awesome. Do you want to hear my true New York shifter story? Yes. <laughs> okay. Of so course I do. Like, so if anyone has read, I've only read the first in the series, but it is also hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelley Lawrenston's Honey Badger series. No, and I'm trying to, I, every yeah. time someone's like, I want to read a yeah. shifter story, yeah. I'm like, can we please read this? And, and but yeah. it's always over $5 and it doesn't oh, no. go with oh. the, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, well, it's, I've only read the first one, but it's like hilarious. It's yeah. just hilarious. Um, and that one, the, I mean, the honey badgers are just banana pants. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that first book, there's a bear clan that lives in Queens uh-huh. and then, and then there's a bunch of other clans. Yeah. And like there were so many animals that I, mm-hmm. like, I can't remember all the different kinds of animals. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, so, and so they live in New York. So I, so like every time I like have been in different parts of New York, I'm like, I wonder which of the shifter clans yeah. like lives here, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I definitely don't think there's any in Manhattan. I, maybe some Panthers. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and those seem like wall street wolves kind of maybe, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but so I was taking, um, the ferry to the Rockaways, which is like beach, um, mm-hmm. along beach area in Queens. And, um, I was behind this man and he had this like leopard or cougar cheetah print tattoo Uh and like just spacing out I was like "Mm, he's cougar clan and I'm like oh yeah he's totally cougar clan and Mm -hmm. I kind of just started like following him Because I was like, oh, he's from the Cougar Clan. I would because I just started thinking, like, where does he live? Like, yeah. I wonder, like, oh yeah, where did he take the ferry from? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, right. And then his girlfriend kind of looks at me, and I'm like, because I'm like, oh my god, I'm staring, yeah. and they're a bonded pair, and you can never get between a bonded pair. She will <laughs> rip your throat out, Laura. Oh my god. And then also, I like lost my friends because I started following mm-hmm. the wrong people. <laughs> so my friends are like, where are you? And I like got off the boat, and they're like, we lost you. And I was like, I was following a shifter but then I almost got cut by his lady <laughs> by his mate <laughs> by his faded mate and I was like I was like thank god I had a mask on so they couldn't see like my abject horror when I realized I almost like came between a mated pair yeah oh my <laughs> like, god that's yeah. so but uh, yeah but like for a full like 30 seconds I had myself convinced that like books are real and I was following someone from the cheetah cougar clam that's awesome yeah. i love yeah. that yeah yeah i mean i think yeah. i really was so I, yeah it could I happen know. if you were a shifter like what would what's your animal that you would want to shift into well okay so it depends so in my so in my mythology mermaids mm-hmm. are shifters because they can have legs on land and tails on the sea right yeah. and that's mm-hmm. not that's not every mythology sometimes they are just mm-hmm. just in mm-hmm. a tail all the time so i mean i want to say a mermaid mm-hmm. but then if i could like release myself from my own branding yes <laughs> i would sure. say mm-hmm. oof, i don't know i might want to do like a classic wolf thing just like for the classic same here um, yeah yeah mm-hmm. especially because i really like the scottish werewolves in immortals after dark so i think yeah. i'd be like mm-hmm I want to, I want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like it's this fun, like the thing I could never, this is really selfish of me. And Mm -hmm. I I think I do need to work on this myself, but like I have trouble, I would have trouble being in a relationship with a wolf shifter, Mm -hmm. but I want to be a wolf shifter. Yeah. And it's like, am I being selfish? I don't know. I mean, I definitely think it would be a little hard I mean, it would be fun as, like, a human lady to be a companion to a wolf shifter just for, like, the marking parts and, like, yeah. like mm-hmm. all that part. 
but yeah, yeah. No, I see the the difficulty there too. Yeah. Like, well, right, because I'm also like the part that never really appeals to me is like, like, are you actually out of control during a full moon? Like, mm-hmm. is it painful to shift? Like, how powerful are you? I'm also yeah. like never totally sure how I feel. I've read it both ways and I just like, sometimes I'm really into it when they have sex in their animal form and sometimes I only want it in their human form Same. and I yeah. can't, I'm like never sure how I feel about that. Actually, I'm going to totally like, if we're just going to go full on like, pie and the, like the sky's the limit mm-hmm. i want to be a unicorn shifter <gasps> yeah i want to like like pegasus like i want to fly <gasps> that's like a, a great horse fly shifter. yeah that's a great yeah. shifter yeah yeah i like that's it. what i want to do i want i don't want to just do the like mark i want to be like i will beat you to death with my hooves and mm-hmm. then fly away yeah can yeah. shifters can there be multi-shifters like can you shift into whatever animal you want to I feel like the only uh, shifters I've read have only been like singular. Yeah, I think usually if they can shift into multiple forms, it's because they are like already like a mythological character, like a right. phoenix or something that like can take different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like when you're following the genre conventions of like shifter books, they're usually just one yeah. thing. Because yeah. it like represents who you are, you know. Right, like, and it's the like an, it's the, the animal yeah. part. I mean, mm-hmm. this is what I think is so interesting about the shifter subgenre is that like, you know, in – when you read like historical contemporary romance, like people will talk about like your animal instinct and like you meet your person and it does feel like the animal parts of you come Mm -hmm. out, you know, and like that's taken to the really literal degree in shifter romance that like Mm -hmm. your animal, the animal parts and like the parts of love and like desire that feel animalistic have like, have a personification and they are like an important part of your identity. And like without acknowledging them, like you can feel powerless or like, Mm -hmm. or, or like to make you powerless, some evil force will like take your shifting abilities away yeah yeah right and like Mm -hmm. so I think it really I mean I really like the the metaphor of like the animal parts of us are are integral to like who we are and to Mm -hmm. like how we love and how we find community and how we make families absolutely Um, which yeah it's the same thing as like as like a a mermaid is like that you know doesn't work without the fishtail like she is Mm -hmm. like not her most magical unless she is like also is her animal self Mm -hmm. totally Yeah. yeah that's so Listen, it's coming full circle. Full circle. I full love circle. It. It yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being a guest. This was yes. so fucking fun. Um, yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I, mean, I want to plug. so much. And I was just like, I was looking <laughs> up, I'm like, oh my God, she does so much. But yes, if you have anything and everything you want yes. to plug. Okay, so I will plug. I will just say, like, listen to the Mermaid Podcast. You can find it at mermaidpodcast.com because I made it easy for people Perfect. to find. Perfect. Um, and then all of my books are under $5. Yay. So you can get them. And my pen name is Laura Lovely. That's what all of them are made and fairy tale stuff is under. Great name. Um, at Great some point, name. I might publish under my uh, my real name, but all my stuff is under Laura Lovely. Mm-hmm. You can find it at lauralovelybooks.com and I'm on Instagram there. I'm everywhere. Yeah. Um, but Laura Lovely Books is where you can go for for the books. And there's also a link on that website to the Mermaid Podcast or you can go to mermaidpodcast.com. Um, those are like the two biggest things to plug right now, I think. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big fan of the Mermaid Podcast. Big fan of you. Thanks. This was, this was super fun. This was so fun. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend or leave a review. Reviews are really important because they help other mermaid lovers find us. The easiest way to leave a review is right in the app that you are using to listen to this episode or leave a review on our Facebook page. If you'd like to stay in touch with us, the best thing to do is sign up for our email list. We only send you emails that you like about new episodes and you will get exclusive behind the scenes content that you won't see anywhere else. Join the email list by dropping your email address into the sign up form, which you can find in any of the episode show notes at mermaidpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Mermaid Podcast, and we always love to see you on social media. Again, we'll have links to all of the mermaid news mentioned in this episode on our website, mermaidpodcast.com. Our jingle was recorded by Tori Scott, the world-famous cabaret singer. You can find Tori at itstoriescott.com. And the Mermaid Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts that you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Thank you for listening and remember, don't quit your daydream. It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on